This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by SRB Field Rests. Your shotgun, bow, or rifle is an extension of who you are as a hunter. Whether you're hunting snows in a muddy mess of a field, mallards in the marsh, or whitetail from a ground blind, SRB Field Rests has your back. A local Kansas company that provides an easy to use, simple, and ergonomically effective solution to just awkwardly holding onto your gun or your bow when you do not need to, allowing you to have more freedom, comfort, and safety in the field. Enter discount code FOULFRONT at checkout for 10% off your order of any SRB field rest today. This episode is also brought to you by Oak Barn Beef, a direct-to-consumer, family-owned farm that delivers high-quality, DNA-tested, dry-aged Nebraska beef from their family to yours. You can select from a wide variety of boxes. My personal favorite is the Husker Beef Package, which combines jerky, ground beef, steaks, and a brisket. These packages are perfect for families, get-togethers, out-of-town hunts, or for you outfitters looking to upgrade your table fare for your clients. Order yours today at oakbarnbeef.com. And what's really important is that we band together, we speak with one voice. And I'm like, you sure? Because I've got two kids, I don't want it to ruin your hunt. And you're like, yeah, yeah, just come and home with me. Just take your time. Like I said, it would have killed a normal man, but I'm not normal, but you know. When you said, why do you want to talk about that? To me, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, there's so many different factors that go into this decision. Enjoy it for what it is. Every moment of it. If, if, if you're only going to shoot one duck, Welcome to the Foul Front Podcast, part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Hey, Foul Front, it's Hannah from Oak Barn Beef. We're giving away a box of steaks, jerky, and more premium beef exclusively for the listeners of the Foul Front. 
To sign up, head over to foulfront.com and click on the Oak Barn Beef Giveaway tab to enter into this giveaway. Thanks, and we can't wait for you to try our Nebraska-raised and dry-aged premium beef. All right, welcome to the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. This is the Migration Report, and today, well, I'm your host, Ben Page, and today I am joined by my friend and uh, co-host, Alex Wallace. Alex, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well, just uh, getting off the water this morning and taking care of some things before uh, my trip this weekend. So it's been, it is uh, the night, pretty good. The night before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve. It is, it is. And I was actually really surprised at the number of folks that I saw at the boat ramp this morning playing similar Wednesday before Thanksgiving hooky that I was. Oh yeah. It's a, now your boss, he's tracking. Clearly right. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, actually put in a legal, you know, day off today. So, um, I can't speak the same for a lot of the other folks that may or may not have been there. So I don't know their circumstances, but there was uh, the ramp was surprisingly crowded. I figured there would be less, but there was, there's folks out hunting today, which is good. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I guess I don't think anybody really, if I were to guess, I would, if I were to be at the boat ramp tomorrow and checking stuff out. I would see some people, but I don't think we'll see a lot of people tomorrow. I don't know. I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, but I think everybody's, I think Friday is going to be everybody wants out there. I, you know, I have made it a point in my life to spend the Friday after Thanksgiving, like the black Friday, uh, doing something in the outdoors. And so, I, I mean, I'm going to be outside on Friday. Um, I'd be interested to see how many other people share that sentiment. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it will be slammed though, I, because it's a day off. You know, most people are going to have it and like people getting days off in duck season would be a big deal. And I imagine your diehard folks will definitely be out. And I mean, I think today was the same way. It's kind of, everybody knows that the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is a half day of sorts. Uh, so I was surprised. I mean, there was probably six or seven boats out there, which is what I would see on average, I would say on an average Sunday, Saturdays maybe being a little bit more crowded, but it was, it was an above average day today for sure. Yeah. How was your hunt this morning? Uh, did pretty well. And we went, so to kind of get after the safety aspect, we got to the ramp this morning, my buddy and I did about 5.00 AM, uh, which means I have to leave my apartment about three in the morning. And we were supposed to, we were actually planning on going out to a spot that just has, really wide open flat water and I'd packed more decoys than I usually would for some of the little backwaters that I hunt. And when we got to the ramp, it was, the wind was blowing 15 miles an hour right across the open water. And in my boat that I have right now, 14 foot all well John boat with, you know, with a, with a long tail on it, me between me and my buddy, like we are right at the weight limit for the boat and you, you put some gear in there and we're, you know, we're, we're safe still. We're wearing our PFDs. We've got our kill switches on, but with the wind, the way it was, we made the call to, to not go with the plan a, and instead we tried out a new spot that we had seen some birds landing in, 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 you know, similar kind of like you, you scout while you hunt. I mean, do you do that? You, you kind of like while you're oh, sitting yeah. there, I think everybody does. Um, and while we were, you know, hunting spots that we knew we would see some activity in, we decided this morning to try a different bend and it, it paid off well for us. We, we didn't have a whole lot of time out there because we had to get some stuff done before 
our respective Thanksgivings. But yeah, we did pretty well. We got a couple of birds. Um, we got a couple of gadwall, and it was they came right into the decoys like you read about. We set up we set up with that wind, you know, with like the way you would want to in the wind. And uh, the cloud cover though was not what we anticipated either. Like we were looking at the weather reports last night. It was supposed to be really cloudy. It's supposed to you know drop off, be cool. Uh, or the temperature is supposed to drop a little bit, but it really, I think they were, they were a few hours off because it didn't really do that. And once again, I had birds land in my decoys like 10 minutes before shooting light and then take off a minute before shooting light, which is the second time in a row now <laughs> that happened. <laughs> they got you yeah. dialed in, man. Yeah, they know, I guess I, I could <coughs> seal myself better. Maybe they see my boat and they're like, Oh, it's this guy. Let's taunt him some. Um, but it was, it was a good hunt. It was a good hunt. When was the last time you were out? Uh, I went out Saturday morning. I took a brand new duck hunter and then uh, a guy that had only been on one other duck hunt in his life. We went out. I found a uh, small uh, farm pond that had about 200 mallards on it. Well, I called the called the rancher and he said, uh, you know, we got a bunch of uh, calf, cow pears out there. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's fine. I didn't see any when I was out there. Uh, but he goes, oh, well, I mean, you can you can hunt the pond that's like 400 yards to the north and on the other side of the fence. And I said, no, nah, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, so it was kind of like, I was like, oh, yeah, thank you for your time. You know, appreciate it. And then kind of last throwaway, he's like, well, you can hunt the pond to the north of it. And so it's kind of fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, I told I told the, the rancher, I was like, hey, I'm taking out two guys that haven't really been hunted, you know, hunting before in this capacity and i just this is an optimal situation the scouting is right and i you know i'd really really appreciate you know being able to utilize your pond to teach these guys some some important lessons in conservation and he was all about it so that was uh, it was pretty That's, motivating uh we had some we had some birds come in uh geez you know they were landing they were landing in the spread about uh five minutes before shooting light. And then really, you know, they kind of, we had three or four groups come in in about 20 minutes and we shot, we had, you know, at one point we had like six birds on the water or, or excuse me, four birds on the water, went and picked up uh, those birds. And that was kind of it after that. So we kind of had a couple hours of just talking and explaining things and moved out. That was kind of similar to what I experienced. So I was out Saturday and then today. And so, yeah, I mean, was it clear out? Blue, clear, blue, clear, bluebird skies? Or did you have some clouds? Yeah. And um, just real no wind. The, the wind was coming out of the like southwest, maybe four or five with a gust of eight. So. Yeah, we, it was the same with us, blue clear. And then, you know, after about 45 minutes or an hour and, and my buddy, yeah, it's funny you bring up having a new brand new hunters and I'm sure this will be a topic we covered later on down the road, but we, my, my friend and I were talking today, he's taking his son out for the first time. His son, I think is six or seven years old. And we were talking about what's the best way to hunt with a kid. And, you know, I'm not a parent yet, so I don't have that kind of perspective. And we were, we were talking about hunting from a boat, hunting from a shore blind, hunting from, you know, at a pond, you know, what are the optimal circumstances for maybe the, the audience and the new folks you were having? So it's interesting that you had that experience and that today in the blind, while we were doing the same thing you did, we had a couple hours, we were just watching and waiting and that was our topic du jour. So it's i uh, I'm sure it'll make for a good one down the road. Yeah, absolutely. So, and everybody enjoyed themselves and there were high fives after the, 
afterwards. Got some cool pictures out of it. And yeah, I think they had fun. Shall we, uh, should we move on to the, what everybody's probably here for? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're going to kind of briefly go over some weather and some scout reports. Uh, you know what? We might have to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit uh, as well, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sprinkle that in. Um, All right. But yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, so this, we're recording this, the you know Thanksgiving Eve. Hopefully you're listening to this, you know, Thursday morning or Friday morning and hopefully not shaking your head too much at how wrong the the weather was and uh, the scout report. But like I said, we're pulling all of our uh, scout reports from Powderhook. And so if you want to participate in that and have uh, the possibility of your scouting report being read on this podcast, go ahead and uh, head on over to Powderhook and submit a waterfowl report, whether it's a harvest report or a uh, just a regular old waterfowl report. I was, I was saying waterfowl report a lot there. Um, anyways, <laughs> so that's uh, that's powder hook. And then uh, obviously we're going to be talking about weather, and we got a couple apps we use for for weather, and just kind of having general duck discussion. So. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I, I I was looking at the weather from last week. You know, after we did our migration report, and we chatted, and I was looking at some of the reports, and I think we had a reasonably good success rate with the numbers we talked about because after after we did that podcast last week. I looked at a lot of my friends that I've scattered around the country and it was pretty much, um, it was pretty much what we thought it would be. It looked like Oklahoma and Kansas did well. Um, the coast was what we thought and I'm anxious to see how our, our predictions go this time. It would be, it'd be, it would be interesting to figure out a way to like score the migration report slash weather over the weeks, but yeah, see how, see how well we did. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I definitely, I, I thought, uh, Man, here's how I'll do it. Probably, I thought we were going to have a way better day on uh, Saturday in Kansas, at least based off everything that we were talking about. And dang it, I just I went up and walked up on the hill, and I didn't see anything moving around my lake. And I know that's just my very small piece of the pie, and that it very may well have been, you know. And I I had friends, you know, my buddy Chad from just south of me. He they I think they shot twenty one geese. Um, that's sky panned outfitters and yeah. So yeah, I, I know that's a very small piece, but I was a little disappointed. So that I, is was, what it is. It was about what I expected it to be here. And my, uh, <laughs> my wife, my wife has a friend that has, uh, he hunts up in Oklahoma and, and they, you know, like when it was last week when we talked about like, where's the one place you'd want to be hunting It's like Oklahoma, Northwest Arkansas, Kansas. He, he, he had bumper bumper crops of, of waterfowl on his boat at the end of their hunt. So I was like, well, seems like that was a good place to be. And then for us down here, it was in Texas. It was pretty much, I, I won't say stagnant. Stagnant's not the right word. Stagnant would imply that like nothing had changed. It was just, it seemed like the similar birds as were here previously. Like we didn't really have a whole lot push in. So, yeah. All right. So uh, at least here in Kansas on this, you know, the night before Thanksgiving, we have a high pressure system right now. And, you know, the wind that's east of us is blowing east. The wind that's west of us is blowing west, northwest. The wind that's south of us is blowing south. It looks like everything's just clearing out so that, you know, I don't have to have any ducks or geese to shoot um, this weekend. (laughs) And uh, 
it's you know it's kind of frustrating. But looks like we do have a front that's it's right now it's hovering over North Dakota, and it's supposed to be bringing that uh, that pretty some pretty strong weather. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, it looks like it. And then, uh, you know, between last week and this week, the snow lines moved down into Nebraska now. Um, we'll see how long it sticks around. And we'll talk a little bit about, I use the NOAA.gov. Uh, it'll show snow cover depths, per, uh, like depths, precipitation, and real-time cloud cover. So for anybody out there looking for a good weather resource, uh, that's what I use to kind of see where the snow was. And, and really, I looked at not only where the cover is, but where the depth is, because that's how long it'll stick around, which... I think would be a fairly accurate predictor. I mean, when I say accurate, it's very much in a general sense of where the birds will move as that, as if that snow sticks around. So it looks like it moved down from last week and I'd be interested to see, you know, as we get into the reports, uh, how that goes this, this upcoming week. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's a question for you. What's my sister. She left Lincoln today, I think at like 11 a.m., and that's like two hours north of me. And she had, I think she said three or four inches of snow, but a lot of ice. Uh, and I don't have anything down here. It's actually pretty, you know, pretty temperate. Uh, what's what's your guys' like weather right now? It looks like it's actually pretty cold. Uh, it was a balmy 68 degrees actually today. You could have hunted in short sleeves if you really, really? heard of it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. So as I was driving south this morning, I was looking at my my weather app that I was talking about that has the fronts on it. And I actually crossed over a frontal boundary between my house and the lake and the temperature warmed up by about five or six degrees and subsequently has dropped off over the, the day. So it was, it was actually a really comfortable hunt, which uh, between my couple of seasons here is, has been fairly standard. I mean, we don't, we don't get bitter cold. Uh, in fact, I wore no gloves today on the boat, on the boat ride out. And I, I, I like, I wore shorts under my insulated waders and I probably should have taken a liner out of them. So it's pretty comfortable, but if I would have been yeah. going this, afternoon, I mean, you get north, you get north of Abilene or Dallas, it looks like it's in the thirties and the forties. Yeah, at Texas, yeah, I mean, like the Panhandle, um, you know, the pan, the Panhandle is, is kind of holding that warm cold, and and it's it does, you know, when it, it, one of the problems that we have to deal with here is that front has to be strong enough to keep moving, or else it hits the Gulf Air and kind of stalls or occludes, you know, right around where we're at. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you've if you've had the front that's powerful enough, it'll it, it gets the birds here and then they'll stay, which is good. Um, so we just haven't since that we had that big Arctic blast a couple of weeks ago. We really haven't had a big front push in since. You know, the temperature dropped today. I think five or six degrees but um you know i'm looking forward to my hunting this weekend to be relatively warm still you know i mean when it's relatively like 50s and 60s which i think is probably dreamy duck hunting weather to the folks north of me yeah all right shall we head over to the east coast real quick um looks like there's a you know cold front that's moving essentially from west to east and it just it just hit the East Coast, and looks like they got some pretty strong winds and whatnot. But um, North Carolina, uh, our first report from Powderhook says local birds came in last night, and uh, they had some, they had seven black ducks light in, but they were just out of range, and they swam in range. They shot, but no dice. Mm. It's an unfortunate report from North Carolina. Yeah, that front is splitting the state. So as we talked 
right now on the eve of Thanksgiving, there's a, that cold front is pretty much, so like in the central flyway, we think about fronts that go like north to south. You know, right now on the Atlantic flyway, it looks like this coast is basically hitting the entire flyway at the same time, uh, north to south, you know, moving east to west. So um, I, I think some of the, the, so some of the seasons, and I know the one in Virginia, based on a report that I've got from a friend of mine out there, he, uh, they're, they're entering their first split, you know, their, their, their first opening of the season is not very long in Virginia. So they're about to, their first split closes on Sunday. So hopefully this cold will get some birds moving around and bring in something other than the locals. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be tough slash a little frustrating just hunting all the, the park geese and park birds that you've had all summer. So. Yeah. And it looks like, all right. Yeah, it looks like, you know, moving on to Virginia. Sorry about that, guys. We had a little bit of a delay here. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so in Virginia, the this powder hook report uh, says the series of short hunts uh, before this week, they saw several duck hunts, uh, excuse me, they saw several ducks, and they ended up with a few woodies and a hooded merganser out of Virginia. Yeah, that was, um, so I, I, I track a couple of the, the, uh, the duck hunting groups up in Virginia. And th- that was what I was seeing. Lots of wood ducks. Uh, they had some pockets. So it looks like they had some pockets of, I don't know that local birds that I term, but you know, the, the success in the swamp seems to be with the pocket birds and the, and the, yeah, I saw a few mallards and then the wood ducks seem to be coming in, but um, the sea ducks. So a, a local report there too, says sea ducks are in and they're, uh, you know, they're more in the North of the Chesapeake Bay. And a lot of folks there are chasing their swans, uh, Canada geese have shown up and then the initial push of divers, they said they got the, the first ones came in and a move south and some folks are doing all right on the, you know, the, the woodies, the mallards and the Canadian geese, but they're looking forward to the weather moving in this weekend and hopefully we'll get, you know, their, their Friday, Saturday, Sunday before their first split closes with some little bit more activity, but you know, some of that bigger water out there with the weather can be limiting to them as well, which is what I'm learning. Cause I'm trying to get a little bit more regional familiarity with up there. Um, and it, you know, as that weather comes in, it, it kind of can inhibit some of the folks getting off to where their blinds would be on some of the bigger water. So uh, hopefully, I look I look yeah. forward to seeing what the reports are after this Absolutely. weekend because I think we'll have. I've a had a couple people message me this week. Yeah, exactly. I've had a couple. I've had a couple people message me this week. You know, asking that hey, you know, it's it's swan season, uh, wanting us to cover some more swan stuff. But I just, you know, I don't. I don't really know much about swan hunting. So I have no idea. I just know they're mean if you run across them in a park, but I've, I've never, I've never, I guess I have never been like around a swan with a gun, but I'd be interested to learn. Yeah. All right. Well, we actually, I did a episode with a swan hunter and he would kind of enlightened me on a couple things and it was actually quite interesting. I might, I might try it out uh, in the next couple of years, but all right. Let's fly on over to Utah. This powder hook user says, saw lots of new birds this week with a storm coming in. Uh, it should be really good hunting over Thanksgiving. They have tons of widgeon, shoveler, redhead, golden eyes, and mergansers uh, in the southern portion of Utah. And then he you know, signs it off. He or she signs it off with happy Thanksgiving. 
Well, they're getting a lot of weather through that area right now. I have a good friend of mine. He hunts over in Nevada and this weather, you know, he said the same thing from the Nevada high desert that a lot of this, um, that big weather system that's moving through the Pacific Northwest is pushing some birds down. They're seeing something a little bit more than the, they're seeing something a little bit more than the locals. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a part of the country where that weather hits the, the Rockies there. And I guess the birds have to make a choice whether to go over the mountains or turn south. And there's a lot of good water there in southern Utah. I've actually gone there uh, several times on fishing trips. So I can only imagine. I mean, there's some big lakes. Like you wouldn't have ever really thought about it unless you looked at it on a map. But I would be really interested to go there and see you know what their their birds are. And it seems like they're getting... They're getting something other than the locals, and that's reflected in Nevada as well. Although they are the ice, you know, now that they've gotten some real cold weather moving in, um, the ice is starting to become a little bit of a problem. So it's like it's a blessing and a curse. Like cold weather brings the birds, but it also brings the ice in the places that you might want to hunt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know for big water, ice can be really tricky, especially if it's cold and you don't have much wind to keep those spots open. Around here, I kind of welcome. Um, a little bit of ice because it allows me to, I mean, it, it concentrates the birds. And so they're easier, they're easier to find, you know, that's a good and bad thing as well. And I feel like with ice, you can just kind of make a little bit of your own luck by opening up, uh, your own, your own pond or your own water. And it's always just, uh, you know, it might be, it might be a negative impact for the general area and the region, but at least on the micro scale, you can influence a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit easier, but hashtag not Texas problems or Southern U S problems. No, not a, <laughs> yeah, not a Texas problem. Like, I don't think that ice eater- what's what's interesting about. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that, like ice eater sales are not that high in Texas. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think it's quite necessary, <laughs> but, um, you know what's interesting about Utah is you see, you know, you just it's just a half a screen over, uh, even when you're zoomed all the way in, where you can see, you know, sixty degree weather uh down in the southern portion of uh like, you know, Arizona and Mexico. And so and it, what's interesting too is is a lot of the wind direction uh shows that it's actually pushing north hmm. through Utah, which is you know, I wouldn't have expected that. Um and you have frontal lines just going everywhere. It looks like a, a tic-tac-toe match. So yeah, I'm looking at it right now on the map too, and it, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on around that part of the country right now. So yeah, there's just kind of crossing up, and there's a huge elevation change there too. I mean, just driving from Las Vegas up into you know through St. George, uh, I think it's I-15. I mean, I've watched the temperature drop just driving and with nothing happening. So. Um, hopefully that bodes well for some of the guys getting out guys and gals getting out this weekend. Absolutely. All right. Let's hit Texas up. Uh, this powder hook user reports birds have slowed down since the opening weekend, really declined in numbers and coming to the pond on the property is a very small amount of birds. They're hoping for better numbers over the Thanksgiving weekend. Yep. Matches with what I've seen here. Um, yeah, it's like steady, steady numbers, but not, you know, it's like, it's not like you go out one day and you're like, wow, this is a lot different from yesterday. I mean, between Saturday and Wednesday here in Texas, 
Uh, and there's a couple of ponds that I check on my way to work. And there's a couple of ponds that I check on my way back from hunting just to see what's sitting on the water. And, um, you know, a week ago I was seeing more birds sitting there and, and now I'm, I'm seeing less and, and, it, and the numbers flying around in the morning are about the same. So yeah, I completely concur. And, I, you know, we really just need a weather system to push something down. We need some more snow coverage to happen. Sure. Sure. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hey, before we get into a little bit of Kansas and talking about some of the numbers that I pulled from uh, Kavira, how would you accurately describe the weather that is going to be hitting this weekend? I mean, as people are listening, I think we're all very interested in Friday. And I, I think what I think for me, at least here in central Kansas, what it's going to show is going to have a little bit of snow, going to have a little bit of wind tomorrow. And uh, probably that's going to taper off. And then on Friday morning, going to have another very small front uh, come through in the middle of the night. And uh, I'm actually, I do have some high hopes for this Friday hunt, just with kind of getting beat back to back there and uh, actually getting a little bit of higher winds, especially from the, the north. Well, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, looking at the looking at the radar right now. I mean, there's a big temperature difference right now across Texas. You know, between you know, like you said, Dallas uh, kind of cuts across along the Arizona Mexico border, and then further across the south, and that kind of hooks back up to where that front's moving across the east. What I'm hoping for is is that it, it gets you know significantly cooler up around where you're at. Um, you know, with that, with the wind and the weather and it pushes some birds down here. And I hope that the act, you know, the, the weather that's coming across also, um, you know, we're starting to get birds that are showing up here and they're, and they're sticking around, you know, the coast numbers right now. And I'm talking to people that are down on the Texas coast. Um, they're doing pretty well, you know, because birds have kind of reached the terminus of where they need to go right now. And, you know, short of flying all the way to Mexico and beyond they're they're kind of hanging out. So what I really hope is, is that we get some you know, foul weather in and it, and it hangs out and it is gets windy and it, it pushes the birds that are here around. Um, I just, I'm not seeing anything through the center of the country right now. That's going to 
you know, drastically increase the population. What I'm really hoping for is that the weather moves the birds that are here, um, maybe brings a few more down, but moves the ones that are here around more or keeps them flying at least a little bit later in the morning. Um, and then with Virginia and the East. All right. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you too. Um, if, you know, at a, a percentage, right, what percentage would you say the migration south uh, is, is complete? Oh, man. I would say for your, for, you know, tech- for Texas, I would say maybe. 50%, it may, maybe 40, 50%. I think there's still a lot of birds sitting around Oklahoma and, 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 and Kansas around that area right now that just haven't had a whole lot of incentive to move down. So I would, I would, I would say we're about the 40, 50%, like right maybe where you want to be at that, that first split for us, you know, so our first split closes in uh, on Sunday. So that's, that's what I'm thinking right now. What are your thoughts? You know, I'm actually going to call right around, like, if I were to get really nitpicky, I would call it 55, but there's a huge swing there for me because, like, the pessimist side says, ah, you're 65% done. You know, 65% of everything that's going to come through here has already come through here. But then there's also that thing like, well, you didn't really see much, (laughs) uh, a whole too awful lot yet. And so maybe, maybe, you know, there's, they're, they're not here yet. Uh, but I, I do have a strong feeling that, you know, we got, at least here in the Flint Hills, we got passed over a little bit by some some pretty good pushes. And obviously, it just was maybe out of position on a, on a couple mornings. But um, that, that's just kind of how I feel. So I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say 55. Yeah, that's, that's- so that's me being a little bit more optimistic than you are. So. Yeah, I, I, like I'm 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 thinking that. I, I mean, I'll have more details after this weekend because I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna be picking some some brains uh, with the folks that I'm hunting with. But um, I know that I know that my buddy out west uh, who who hunts in Nevada, you know, he's like, it's just getting started. Like they just got their first good weather system that's pushing something beyond the locals in. So, you know, for us, maybe we're sitting at the fifty percent. I think for some of these other areas of the country, I know like, you know, the Southeast, for example, there hasn't been a lot of significant weather to drive anything different. So um, they may be doing a little bit better. You know, they may only have about 30 or 40% of the migration complete. Um, Cause it, once again, it goes back to what we talked about on the previous migration report. If birds don't have an incentive to move, why move? And I think now in the next couple of weeks, they may start getting yeah. that incentive. All right. Um, so, here in Kavira, which is in like the central part of Kansas. Sorry, guys, I got a little cough tonight. <clears throat> Here in Kavira National Refuge, um, what I kind of found interesting was, so the total numbers for ducks and geese. Uh, geese, there's about 42,000 geese on Kavira National Refuge. And that's that's compared to about 10,000 or 11,000 um, ducks. And... I think that speaks a little bit about, um, you know, the, the numbers in the area. That's a huge canalizing point, Kavira and Cheyenne Bottoms, because it's like the largest uh, interior wintering habitat in the central flyway. And out of those 42,000 geese that they saw last night, uh, 33,000 of them are snow geese. Hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, they they saw about five thousand mallards. Uh, there was you know still about five hundred five hundred or so teal. And what's interesting is they actually saw close to a thousand pintail, which is that's you know that's nice to nice to hear because everybody likes chasing pintails. Um, but yeah, with all these snow geese coming through, I'm just like, I'm actually like starting to get geared up for snow geese. Yeah. The, the goose, I mean the pintails. So you mentioned the pintails. Um, I've heard a lot of folks here seeing more pintails. I know that I've seen more pintails this season already than I saw last year and the pintails over in, in Nevada, same thing. Uh, people, you know, my, my buddy's been seeing a lot of those, but a lot of states changed their limits on pintails this year. So Texas went from two to one um, this past season. So, you know, hopefully the numbers, yeah. you know, are, are, are showing a trend there. But, yeah, this is, you know, the difference between this this week and last. It was about 3,000 more snow geese um, on this report than the previous one. So maybe the, maybe that, maybe there's still some to come down. And I'd be curious to know where the rest of the ducks are. And I am going to guess Oklahoma and Arkansas right now. Well, yeah. You want to know how many Canada geese um, they saw? Uh, how many is that? 250. I mean. Um, but they do say. Do they do a roll call for that? And, and, and I don't know. I, you know, well, yeah, right, right. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're pretty good. Um, but then they say, you know, cackling geese, right? And when you say cackling geese, like, this is this is extremely strange to me. Um, seeing these two numbers right next to each other. You have Canada goose at 253. Then you got cackling goose at 4,600. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> and I don't know if they mean, like, lessers. Like maybe they mean lessers. Maybe they truly do mean lessers. Uh, But I, you know, I, I kind of, I definitely discern a difference between cacklers and lessers, you know, that's, that's a pretty, I, 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 I mean, I would really, I guess maybe I need to just call one of these people up on the phone that comes up with these numbers. Cause I'm very interested to know. I mean, like when I look at these pictures side by side and I, I can't imagine that they're sitting somewhere I, I, I just really, I, I want to know how, I want to know how I, like, I believe these numbers and I think they're very accurate for what they're accounting for. I would just like to get familiar. I think they're close enough. Yeah. Close like enough. I'm not disputing their accuracy. I would just really like to know how they do it. I mean, like, how do you get these estimates? And I've heard some things like this before and I've, you know, I've talked to some folks that, that do this kind of a thing, but I, I, I don't know. I would really like to peel the layers back on how they come up with, I mean, that's very specific. Well, you know what? You know what? Next week, next week with any luck, I'll have the guy on or the guy or gal on that did these, you know, that that would be, yeah, that would be awesome. I would, I would, and maybe, you know, if you, if you want to go after this, I might look for somebody that does a similar thing in, in, in another area because I'm fascinated by it. And the proportions make sense. I would just like to know, I mean, geez, to get the difference between like a cackling goose and a Canada goose at a distance, like I, I, there's got to be something behind it. Sure. Uh, and another thing on here that I'm calling BS on, um, and maybe not BS, 
Uh, but the shovelers, they said they saw, you know, 23 shovelers, right? <laughs> I think in the last like week and a half, in the last week and a half, I have seen maybe 14 birds get shot. And I think out of those 14 birds, nine or 10 of them were shovelers. I, I haven't had like a, a push of shovelers like this. And so, while, so the, one of the guys that I was talking to at the ramp today, cause you know, when you, when you go to a ramp or you go to any collection point where hunters are dispersing, you know, everybody kind of does the, ah, where are you going? What are you doing? And um, I, I saw some familiar faces. Yeah. And so my buddy, you know, so he went one way today and I went the other because my boat couldn't go where his could with the winds the way they were. And, you know, he sent me a message and he was like, yeah, limited out at, you know, 45 minutes into the hunt. And I was like, man, you, you did better than I did. And then he sent me a photograph and I kid you not, it was 80% shovelers. So I could tell you where the shovelers are. They're not in Kansas. Maybe they're down here in Texas. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. You can, uh, people, I don't know where this kind of thing is. Everyone's like, oh, it's like, it's super cool to be into shovelers for some reason. It's kind of like, you know, you've got, you've got your Sitka jacket and you like shooting and taking pictures of shovelers. Um, so I'm not sure what that, that is. I don't know if you've followed yeah, into that. But, so, um, go, yeah, I, go ahead. I've got some more to add to this. I still everybody like everyone says uh, this is this is probably bad of me uh, but i it's the truth it's the truth everyone's like oh you know shoveler tastes just as good as a mallard if you cook it right i don't know that to be true <laughs> I mean, that's at all i tried I do, on multiple occasions and i'm sorry my buddy uh aj nesty huntetarian um Told me, oh yeah, cook a spoonbill up or diver right up, just, boom, tastes just like, tastes just like steak. And I'm like, well, that sounds like somebody that was eating leaves for a while and is like starved for uh, for meat <laughs> because I still have to put a little bit more preparation into divers and and spoonbills, uh, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So. I'm sure I'll get some flack for that, and I would love to hear somebody's spoonbill recipe. But I take my buddy saying it on record. No my peace. my buddy goes. I put spoonbills in the freezers next to everything else and turn them into jerky at the end of the season. Um, but it, it's funny you mentioned them being cool. I was uh, I was watching a Mojo Outdoors episode, uh, and that was they were they were talking about shooting shovelers, and I have to tell you that. You know, a, a fully colored out Drake shoveler is a beautiful bird. I mean, bright orange feet, beautiful, you know, green, iridescent chestnut. I mean, they're, they're pretty birds. Um, but I, I have to agree with you on the food side of things. Like, I, I would love to get a good recipe. I, I mean, I am, I'm all about eating what I shoot. And if I shoot a shoveler, I'm going to eat it. But, um, you know, like if I see shovelers and there's a lot of birds around, like I, I may pass on the shovelers, you know, I mean. I, when I was down in El Paso, when I was down in El Paso, um, I, uh, me and a buddy, we just shot, like we had a heck of a shoot on shovelers and, uh, we went and I remember him texting me literally the next day because I went through the same thing. I, I threw him on the grill and I started eating them and he'd send me a text and he goes, Hey, I don't think we're going to shoot shovelers anymore. <laughs> 
And I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to shoot shovelers anymore either. And we always, people be like, oh, hey, ducks. And we take someone out and they go, hey, we'll go, why can we, we're not going to shoot those? I said, wow, <laughs> they don't taste very good. And, uh, and I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm giving a bad rap to, to shovelers, but they're still cool birds. They light in. They decoy nice. And uh, I mean, I, I like watching them. I like, I like at any rate. That's enough. I think that's enough shoveler hate. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on any duck that that wants to. You know, like I mean, demonstrate its willingness to show up into my decoy spread. But you know, maybe I do discriminate a little bit on the. I don't need more duck jerky. You know, <laughs> so. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Are you got any? Got any game recipes? Oh, you're cooking game up recipes. Well, so my Thanksgiving plans uh, do include a little bit of game recipe, but we're going to push that off to the weekend. So my wife and I are heading down to the Texas coast, and we're gonna we're gonna spend two days hunting down there. So, and I think we've got some venison. I think we've got some venison ready to go from a from a deer we got, and. We actually have some duck in the freezer, and I've got a, a good friend of mine, he, the guy out in Nevada who's doing the hunting. He's flying in, so yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. Two days of it, two days on the coast, um, and we're uh, the guide we're going with. Was it? Yeah, that, that sounds like a lot. Yeah, of, and lot the of guide fun. we were going with just showed up on the DU's Central Flyway Migration Report, so I've got a lot of confidence in the uh, in the gentleman that we're, we're we're going with. So I'll let you know how it goes. What about yourself? Good, good. Yeah, if if it, if it goes well, we'll mention him by name. Uh, but if it doesn't, <laughs> we'll just. Uh, so I'm going to go Sorry. foodie on you for a second here. Um, you know, I shot my deer yeah. like two weeks ago, um, almost two weeks ago. Uh, I took one of the back straps and I took about oh ten inches of it, maybe maybe eight inches of it, and. I butterflied it out and kind of as I kept rolling it. So it's, it, it's about, you know, a quarter of an inch thick and it's about the size of, yeah. you know, a sheet of paper. Um, Cause I just kept, as I kept cutting, I kept rolling and just kind of kept it at, you know, that size. Um, and uh, so tomorrow uh, and it's, I'm dry seasoning it right now. So it's, it's got some seasoning on it and it's been in the refrigerator for about three days kind of drying out uh, tomorrow. I'm going to rub some, uh, I'm going to put some Gouda on it and I'm going to put some, some onion, some chopped onion and uh, some sun-dried tomatoes and I'm going to roll it all up. Uh, so I'm going to put all that mixture um, onto one side of it and then I'm going to roll it up I'm gonna throw it in the Traeger and then I'm gonna cut it into extremely small like slices and kind of like pinwheel it. Uh, so I'm looking looking forward to you know my wife liking that, hopefully. And uh, I, I don't know how this happened, but either through great planning or terrible planning. But there's gonna be like three turkeys being. <laughs> Sounds like great planning to me. Now. Sounds like fantastic so, planning. Yeah. Yeah. One's getting fried in my backyard. So it's kind of like a fam. It's like a, kind of like a family Thanksgiving. So we're hosting cause, um, my grandma and grandpa are going out to California to visit my, uh, one of my cousins out there with a couple of my uncles and my other aunts. And anyways, so we're, we decided we would host, 
the you know this noun this like tiny Thanksgiving at our place. Obviously, that in- includes some friends from around here because that's just you know that's how military works. Not everybody goes home for for Thanksgiving, so you invite them over and they get to meet your family and you get to learn how to play pitch and uh, yeah. So that's kind of what we're doing. And Man, that my great. wife and I'll send you this recipe. My wife just made a venison pot roast in the uh, in the crock pot with the backstrap off of one of our deer, and she made it with like a red wine gravy and mushrooms and everything. Um, and it's, it's pretty much to die for. Like, so I, I, you know, one of the many awesome qualities about my wife is if I show up with something, um, hanging from a game strap or sitting on a game rack, she will find recipes for it, uh, and make it like, she's very enthusiastic. Yeah. She's very enthusiastic about, Oh, well, what creature have you brought in today to cook? And so she has really explored the, the boundaries of it. And, and she found this pot roast recipe that, I mean, I, like I said, I, I should hang it on your on your Facebook group because it is it is amazing, it's amazing. Yeah, and do it. it. It cooks. It takes about eight hours in the crock pot, it's worth every minute that it sits there. So, and she's she's looking after she's getting after some duck recipes now too. So, excellent. That can be tough. That can be tough. And I don't, you know, like I. That's exciting for you. I really like uh, owning the culinary purpose of, of my game. I wish that my wife was like a little bit. I like that's kind of the joke. She does everything else. I do all the meat. She does everything else. So I think um, it's probably part of the challenge. Nice. All right, dude. Should we wrap? Yeah. yeah, I know. Should we wrap this up? We're sitting about 45 minutes now. And I'm sure, people are just about getting to their blind and hopefully, uh, Everybody has a good shoot on Friday. Like bellies are full, probably gained a little bit of weight. That's all right because you're going to work it off today. And then, uh, you know, after your New Year's resolution, I'm sure. But uh, everybody have a safe, fun hunt. And Alex, what do you want to leave everybody with? Post your pictures up. Get your reports in on Powderhook. Like I said, I want to live vicariously through your experiences. And I really want to see how accurate – our weather slash migration reports are. And the only way we can do that is if you're putting those reports up so we can, we can verify our rightness or wrongness. Yeah. The other thing I want to say too, is, is if we completely butchered something up, let us know. We'd love, love a little self uh, deprecation and love to hear how poorly I did. Like, honestly, like, uh, it's kind of fun. It, it's just as fun as, hey, you guys were spot on. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, whereas you're like, hey, you guys are. Or, 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 uh, we didn't have anything on the East Coast and the wind was two miles an hour. Or like, if you've got the I Heart Shovelers t shirt design on your, on your iPad right now and you really want to light into us about our shoveler expose, I would love to hear that too. And please provide a recipe because I'll take it. Yeah, you can provide us a recipe and then you can uh, take that shovel and uh, never mind. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's let's get out of here before we lose any more listeners. And I hope everybody has a great, great Thanksgiving with their family, friends, loved ones, and that everybody's just, uh, you know, take a minute to be thankful that we are in like some really, we're in the best times for waterfowl hunting. And we need to do everything we can right now to recruit and 
make the sport better right now because we're in the heyday because we have tough times ahead of us. I'm sure um, it's just the, the way of things and we have to build the vessel that is going to carry us through that, that dry time. So uh, everybody go ahead and, and just, you know, be super thankful for whatever opportunities you've had a field. And I'm super thankful for you guys, the listeners and uh, all the, the great people that help make this show. So. All righty. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> um, I do have one more thing. Submit your powder hook reports on the migration app and uh, excuse me in the powder hook app and you can get entered to win an entire case of black cloud ammo uh, size and shot size of your choice. So that's what you get every time that you enter a report, a migration report or a, um, a harvest report, you're entered in for that competition every single time. So uh, that's 10 whole boxes of ammo that you do not have to buy. So, all right, signing off from Kansas. I'm signing Ben. Off from Texas. Yep, Texas I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Perfect. We'll get the show ender down. But all right, guys, that we're we're done wasting your time. Bye. Perfect. We'll get. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast Group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great-great-grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, We also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. I and mean, if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like and we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right. Stay safe out there and we will see you next week. Offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.